All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of what is formerly known as Matt's Nerd Closet. I have since changed it to Matt's Nerd Corner. I, I did think about uh, doing like Matt's Game Corner because I'm for the majority I talk about video games. Um, but, you know, with everything else thrown in there, it's Matt's Nerd Corner. Um, so yeah, welcome back to another episode. I uh, today, well, last week I talked about Jedi Fallen Order, um, and this week I want to talk about Animal Crossing. Um, and I know when most of you hear and you know the phrase Animal Crossing, you think of the Switch and Nintendo Switch, and you think of Animal Crossing Horizons. No, I will get to that. I'm starting at the beginning with my favorite, one of my favorite games of all time. Animal Crossing for the GameCube. Um, it was developed in 2001. Um, and it's actually an enhanced version of the Nintendo 64 game, which was, it, it was called like Dobutsu no Mori or something like that. Um, Really, really what it was. It was just Animal Crossing on the Nintendo 64, only in Japanese. Uh, and I have, like, I've looked at it at, on eBay, and, like, I've looked up uh, videos and, like, screenshots, and it, look, it looks basically the same, just a little bit more rough around the edges. Uh, but, you know, it really showcased, like, the 64's capability right at the end of its existence. Like, that happens with most... Um, systems uh, i think i talked about this uh, a few episodes back but like the nintendo 64 they really pushed the limit and they give the expansion pack and then all the games like started getting like really good and you're like man why wasn't it like this way in the beginning and then with the wii that happened and like with the gamecube especially like that started out with some of those random and poly morph games and ended up with legend of zelda twilight princess which like pushed it to its max like right as they um were like on the cusp of releasing the wii they released it for the gamecube and the wii and it's like why weren't all the games this quality uh sorry i'm a little bit off track there um so if you don't know animal crossing is like if you're just like what what the heck are we talking about here uh animal crossing is like kind of an endless uh non-linear game in which like you're a human and you take a you know you get a house and you move into a village like a town inhabited by i think it's called like anthropomorphic animals uh like they're basically bipedal animals like all of them are walking on two feet and you can talk to them and like they are living lives and they're basically human animals. Like that's kind of why I see it. Like they're, yeah. Um, so the main goal of, like, the, of the game is to save money in order to pay off the mortgage on your house. And like you expand your house multiple times and you have to pay off each level first, like before um, expanding. And then um, at the end of the game, if you pay it all off, you get a statue uh, that says like you officially paid off your house and you don't owe any more money. Um, 
and like you paid off by you know collecting nat- natural materials like mining for money um you you can fish for hours uh like in the ponds and at the ocean um and then you also gather fruit like you shake trees and then you grab all the fruit and then um catch bugs and, and grab seashells like anything and and you save like you save the money and then like you sell it and save it and then pay off your house like that is what you do um and you can engage in everyday life in the village like it's literally just everyday life in a video game um you interact with animals of every kind um i like the mayor is a tortoise um and his name is tortimer um and like you you can contribute to villages development and you go to different events and there's like a um there's snow events and there is a fireworks day there's a, there's christmas um and what's interesting about the christmas thing is that the game's western localization differed from the original release in like japanese holidays and cultural references and like when it came over here i think that was one reason it took so long for it to be released um because the japanese uh release was um, the Nintendo 64 game was April 2001, and then the GameCube was uh, December 2001. Um, and like the big gap was like, like I said, in Japan, the GameCube version came out December in 2001, and it came to North America in September 2002. So like that's almost a year difference. Um, and I think back then making those kind of games was like it was a little bit more difficult we have a lot more tech these days and uh processors that can do things a lot faster um so i think that was one reason it it took so long because they kind of had to change a lot in the game for like the cultural references and like to not be japanese i mean now with the new games it's kind of all inclusive and like it's its own fictional world where like it's toy day and uh you know firework day um it's it's just those kind of things like they still have easter in there and actually i think it's um bunny day now and then there's valentine's day as well um another interesting thing about the game though um is that like it was really originally conceived to be a role-playing adventure um like with the main action taking place in dungeons and that like that reminds me of a game called rune factory like some of you have probably heard about uh where you have a house and you are farming and there's a village and you're bonding with the people and you also like can go into dungeons and get treasure chests and you can can get armor and weapons and level up and like fight them but then it's like uh, you just go back to your house and then you're farming again you're trying to get married and it, it I think that would have been an interesting take and I'm glad they didn't um, like the development was stalled um, by the failure of the uh, 64DD um, and if any of you have or have seen the bottom of a Nintendo 64 um, so 
if you have one, I still have one. And if you turn it upside down, there is a, there's like a port spot, like an, an opening to have an attachment put on it. Um, and it was it called the 64DD. It was a magnetic floppy disk drive, uh, like peripheral for the Nintendo 64. And uh, it was, you know, to give it more men- memory and kind of uh, give it more oomph and power. But like with the failure of that, the game was stalled. Um, so like that also kind of contributed other than like the working on the cultural references that also stalled it. Um, and during that time, uh, like they reviewed the existing developments and like the designer Katsuya Aguchi, I think his name was, um, if I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it, but I don't think I'm pronouncing it right. Um, he decided to like change it from the role-playing adventure and, instead go the way of a non-linear life simulator uh which like would carry the themes of family friendship community um as well as let you have like friends or family play the game as well and have a house in your little town um i mean albeit you play at different times but you can all be there in the same town and i like it it definitely had the the feeling of family and friendship, as I said. Um, going back, it's one of the most comforting games for me. It definitely has. It, it's like one of my comfort games, and like honestly, I didn't know I had one until I went back and played it. And I I haven't outgrown it. It is like it's just beautiful to me and that I can like go into a time machine basically and travel back to, you know, my childhood home only, you know, like this one, I (laughs) not sound like bad, but like this one, I love going back to and like, and it was like, it was always good. Um, But another thing that Iguchi wanted to create like in the game was he wanted to create a game that catered to a wider audience. Um, more inclusive of people who didn't really know video games. Uh, for instance, like my sister, uh, she's, you know, over older than five, like more than five years older than I am, but less than 10. Um, she didn't really know video games. Like I grew up on the super Nintendo, but she didn't, she, like, she never played it. Like we had, older siblings much older um and it's like i knew video games and like i grew up playing Mega Man x and aladdin and like lion king um but you know she was unfamiliar with video games but she played this game like there is no combat system there's no um you know i mean there's no like punishment if you you know there's a reward system but there's no like consequences to uh doing different things um like it's just a game where you're living and you are like you get a house and you are like designing the inside like you're decorating putting carpet furniture wallpaper and you're just picking fruit and fishing and helping people that is very inclusive for people who don't know video games my wife she doesn't know video games very well 
but she would be open to playing Animal Crossing. Like she's played the mobile app um, in Animal Crossing Pocket Camp. Um, she's played that and she likes it. And it's it's for it's a good speed for people who don't know video games, as I've said, like a million times by now. Um, and so it, it's no surprise to me that it was a critical and commercial success domestically and internationally. Um, I think, I mean, it attracted many non-traditional gaming audiences, but it was kind of like this diamond in the rough. Like you didn't expect it, but you know, it said Nintendo on it. So you played it and then suddenly you're just amazed and you can visit your friends' towns and then just enjoy life and like, it's life without the consequences. Like you're not going to go hungry in this game. You're not going to go homeless in this game if you don't, you know, get enough money. And so it's kind of like a fantasy world a little bit. Um, and like critics praise the games unusual, but a, an immersive and addictive gameplay like fishing. That shouldn't be addictive, but like I remember spending hours fishing and getting red snappers and barred knife jaws like that was like three thousand then five thousand bells and then like if you got those stacked up you could pay off your house pretty well and like the different times of day and different times of the year there were different fish and then you just wanted to keep playing and playing and playing i still want to play it but i don't have the time but um and yes i do have a gamecube still uh, that does once again date me a little bit um I mean, I have a GameCube and I still have the game and I love playing it. Whenever I play it, everything is right where I left off. And that is awesome. It is absolutely endless. Like I said in the beginning, they made an endless nonlinear game. Um, you can play it until I think 2099 is how far the clock goes up. And at that point, I don't really know what's going to happen. It's like it's like a ticking time bomb that you don't know if it's a bomb, like you don't know what's going to happen when it goes off. Um, uh, but yeah, um, one thing that they, it did have criticisms on, um, I mean, they also really backtracking and backtracking a bit. They praised the game for being like devoid of purpose and stressful elements. You're just living. Um, but one of the criticisms was that it's centered on the outdated graphics and simple art style. But honestly, I think that's kind of crud. Um, the graphics, I don't think were outdated. They were whimsical. And the simple art style, that was comforting. And it was cute. And it was like, kind of just made you happy. Um and I mean, the game really is to, it's considered to be one of the earliest examples of the casual game genre. Um, and it marked like the beginning of the franchise, uh, which we have seen go on. Like, cause after this city folk came out on the Wii, um, and then there was wild world on the DS and then new leaf on the three DS, which I played the heck out of. Um, and then like, happy home happy homes or something where you're like designing houses and then all the way to new horizons on the switch and 
I, I think it's just, it's a beautiful game. Um, like the music as well. Like I'm in school and like, I have to do a lot of studying and homework and I sometimes like to like help myself kind of chill a little bit. Um, I turn, I open YouTube and look up, you know, the animal crossing soundtrack and like, there's all the different hours where like the music changed each hour and like it, was constantly changing and I, it was very like welcoming and warm and like the atmosphere of the game was just it was perfect to me and like you could just play for hours because it was comfortable it wasn't there's was no aggression there was no i mean sometimes it can get boring if like you're just watching somebody play and you're not the one you're not the one playing you're watching someone instead and that that's not as much fun like it's cool for a little bit but like if it's not um, like a triple A game, like, you know, God of War or Fallen Order or, um, Last of Us or Halo or something. It's not as much fun to watch like that though. Watching those is more of like a cinematic experience. Animal Crossing. That's not a movie. That's just a casual game. And I think it's awesome. Um, but I mean, going back to the music, it definitely has nostalgia. Like the game was one of the most comforting games in existence and the nostalgia of it like going back and playing and listening just it like i said is a time machine and not that it, there's just like it's a time machine and there's nostalgia it like it has as i've kind of alluded to is there's such a peaceful vibe to the game and um like and i also th think that i said that there it's like you don't you can just enjoy life in the game like it was a perfect kind of game to have as a kid because you didn't have any stress like really stresses of life you know looming over you as you were playing this game it was like you were able to kind of just be one with the game i know that sounds ridiculous but um yeah uh, another thing I did like in the game was that there was a reward system. There was a museum in the game and like uh, there were, I think there were like 30 bugs that you had to catch and, you know, you could donate to the museum and then it filled up the, uh, like the bug section. And then, um, so you, you did that. And then there were also like the same with fish, like you, as you caught each of the fish and, took them to the museum they were added there and then um you there was some kind of reward i'm, I'm trying to remember i can't i can't remember what it was um but yeah so there was there were bugs and then there were fish and then there was oh and there was also art collection um and like you could literally go to like this guy called it wasn't sly cooper because uh, that's an actual video game um but it was like this this fox like who was shady and he had like this uh tent that popped up every now and then and like when you went in there he had art um and it was either you know imitation art or it was like the real thing um so like you bought it and then you took it to the museum and then like the um i can't remember the owl's name but 
uh, he would take it from you and then hang it up and put your name under it. And then, oh, and ah, I almost forgot. There was also fossils like as like there were these little markings on the ground and then you would dig it up and then you'd have an unidentified fossil and you'd send it to the museum. Um, and then they would send it to you the next day back and having had um, examined it and it would like be cleared off and it would show what the the what the fossil was and you could actually display it in your house um or they would like suggest it uh, for you to donate it to the museum um and then they would put that up under your name and then like so you could get a complete uh t-rex and like triceratops and stegosaurus it was awesome like you could just like there was so much that you could collect and donate and then be rewarded for um and if you kept your town clean like weeded long enough um you got a golden axe um like the actual axe like you could break um i think it cracks over time as you're just taking trees down um or hitting rocks it would break over time and then so like yeah you were rewarded if you get the town weeded uh for long enough and then you got a golden net um if you got all the bugs i believe um and the bee in the gamecube version is super hard to get i was able to capture it in new leaf um you just have to run around in circles and uh really tight circle and kind of get it thrown off and then you screech or like to a halt like you pivot and then capture it um i was able to capture in that but when my brothers and i we never were able to get it um in the gamecube version um i'm gonna try it again because i would love to get uh the golden net i got the golden shovel though um occasionally there was the like in the gamecube version they've changed it since uh, as you're running through the different acres, um, occasionally, occasionally there'd be like this glowing circle on the ground and then you'd run over to it and dig it up. And then it'd be like a thousand bells. Um, like that's the currency in the game. And then if you had a spare shovel, you like quote unquote plant it there. And then it like, there's this little gold sapling that sprouts. And then you come back, uh, like two days later, I think it was like, yeah it was i think it took two days for it to be fully grown two or three and then you shake the tree and a golden shovel falls out so then you have a golden shovel that um i don't know didn't really do anything different i think it gave you a higher chance of getting good fossils like stuff you didn't have i think it yeah it did something with your to alter your chances for something um and (laughs) as i played the game like after my brother was married and like he had moved out and he was married and then i i it was just me i was the only one at home like i was basically a single child and um i (laughs) i would play the game for hours and days and days and then um i would like whenever i saw one of those glowing circles I, i would always have multiple shovels on me and i would dig it up and plant a shovel and then um at the end of like i don't know after a few months i had i i was trying to go for having a golden tree in every single acre and i got dang near close um i was trying to 
turn like my town into Lothlorien. For any of you Tolkien fans, like Lothlorien, you know you know what that is. But for the people who aren't, like there's golden trees. Um, and I just wanted it to be Lothlorien, and it, I thought that was going to be super awesome. I got close, but I didn't uh, finish it. I kind of got a life, and I um, just didn't have the time to just be playing that that much. Um, another thing that I thought was amazing about the game that they have since done away with in the new ones. I think like they just stopped doing this, um, after the first game, like city folk did not have this and they have not added a sense, but it was in game games. Like they had, I think the top like 15, I can't remember if it was 15. It was probably less than that. Um, but they had like the top 15 super Nintendo games. Like, no, I just, the NES games, actually, there was not super Nintendo. It was just the NES games. So you can buy them. Like you can buy the Nintendo games, take it to your house and then like press a, like when you're right next to it and it gave you the option to play the games. So you could, (laughs) um, delve even further from society in this game you could play a game and then your character could play a game and be sucked even further out of reality yeah i don't care it was cool i actually got every single one of them um like there was donkey kong jr math there was balloon fight there was uh mario actually it was just donkey kong and your mario going up to the different levels i mean some of them especially mario was a little bit abridged like they didn't have all of the levels that it actually has like for any of you people who have played donkey kong 64 um there is an arcade and you're playing it that has more levels um so it it was the kind of same thing you could play a game in a game in donkey kong 64 but i'll come back to that maybe i'll talk about next week um yeah so you can get all the games there was even a like a hoax uh game like you could get it from the mayor it was like called tortimer's adventure or something and then when you tried to play it it he said like this little text popped up and said bah ha, ha. like you thought this was an actual game nope get outside and play you lazy bum or something like that and um i'm like i don't i, I don't really know how to take that like is he telling my character to go play or is nintendo telling me to stop playing so much <laughs> so uh, but yeah, they had a lot of cool games uh, that you could play in within the game. And I thought that was really neat. There was Wario Woods and just so many. Um, and another thing that I thought was cool that I think actually kind of pushed me towards graphic design, like which I'm studying in school. I'm I'm doing graphic design. And I'm, I'm in typography right now, but um, you can do shirt design. There was Able Sisters. Uh, it, it was Able Sisters and you go there and they had clothing and like you buy all the different shirts and the umbrellas like you this was a time in animal crossing when it was one outfit it was not you know getting hats and pants and socks and shoes and you know all of these different things it was one outfit you know that was it and i thought that was it was very interesting that um like that's how it was um 
but they gave you the option that you could make your own outfit like you could it was all by pixels um it, it was a grid and you can make your own outfit and you could i think it was mainly on new leaf that i really designed stuff good because, like i made you know superman logo uh, his symbol from man of steel at one time i even put a cape on it and on the back because at that time yeah it was like the long sleeve uh with new leaf you do the entire like you could do the cuffs and you could do the back of the shirt and you could do the front but in the gamecube one like i said it was just one square and you designed it and it did the your entire outfit because like you started out and you had like this viking helmet on and a t-shirt and like basic shorts and shoes but you couldn't change those um so i thought that was I thought it was cool. I didn't really spend as much time on that one doing that. Like my friend, um, my brother and I uh, used to hang out with when we were younger. He was really into it. And he even made like Midna, um, M-I-D-N-A, uh, Midna from Twilight Princess. Like he made her face on the, in Animal Crossing on that, like for a shirt design. And it looked pretty cool. Actually, it was really good. Um, and you, you know, honestly, you didn't even have to wear it. You could display your art on a easel outside. Like you could put one outside your house. And I think I actually did that. I, the one thing I did do was the Triforce and I put it outside my house. Um, so yeah, I mean, that was, it was cool. It gave you a, an artistic outlet that you could do. And like the game had everything. Um, so I, I highly recommend I highly recommend that even if, if you don't have a GameCube, because let's be honest, who really does other than myself? I'm not going to tell you where I live because it's mine. Um, <laughs> um, download a GameCube emulator on your computer and get the game and play it. It's it's worth it. It was an amazing game. It is an amazing game. Um, and like one of the big differences between the GameCube one and I think city folk kept it, but after that, it no longer went by acres, like a top down view. Well, kind of like a angled top view. It wasn't a directly above. It was more like 45 degree angle. It wasn't 90 degrees, like right up above. Um, it was acres and you went by little sections. And then when you hit the edge, the like screen, well, like the, the map moved over and then you were in a new section. You could run around and then you go to the next one. Like, I understand why they did that. Um, well, I, I'm assuming they did it because um, the same reason that you can't go fast in wind waker in the sailing, because if you go any faster, you literally fall off the map into nothingness. Um, so it was most likely that like the processing power, um, just wasn't there. So it had to go, you know, by a grid and you know, section by section. Um, so yeah, I mean, that was, that was pretty cool. Um, and you yeah, honestly, I prefer it over what they added in. I think wild world was the first time they did it. It's a rolling world. Like as you're running the world, like the map rolls. And I mean, it was, kind of rough in wild world and it's definitely gotten better um 
I just still think it's very odd that it's round instead of being top down. Um, I don't know. I'm stuck in my old ways. I guess you could say it was, it just, it was very interesting. Um, I understand the appeal of the rolling world. And there are some things I like about it better. Um, like you can actually see the sky and you can do different things. It adds more of a, adds more versatility to the game. You can do things that are in the sky and like shoot down stuff with your slingshot. And yeah, they added a slingshot as well because in the GameCube one, there was just the shovel, the ax, the net and the fishing rod. Um, so yeah, I, I understand both and I like both for different reasons. Um, another thing that was kind of cool at the time and now it, it's like, they don't have to do this. Um, but they had a game boy advance connectivity in animal crossing. Like if you used your game boy advance and you had like a link cable, um, you have an Island and you could go to the Island and like you go with cabin and he was this, the turtle, um, guy and, like he would ferry you to the island for free and then you roam around and you can um like there was an exclusive animal i i can't remember who the animal was but yeah there was an exclusive animal that you can become friends with and then uh you can get coconuts like that was the only way to get coconuts you can bring them back to your town and plant them on the beach um and you could also decorate like this communal beach house that you know, the other players, when it was their turn to play, they could go there and see it and do that. And, um, and like you could download the island to a Game Boy Advance. Like when you're leaving, you could download it and then give the fruit to the, like, um, you give the fruit to your little villager and you could get a special shirt as well. Like it was the only one you could get. Like that was the only place you can't buy it anywhere else. And once it's gone, it's gone. Um, it was a kind of like a luau shirt, like a Hawaiian shirt. I had the blue one, but there was, there was a red one, I think, but um, yeah. So, but I mean, so you could download the game onto your Game Boy Advance and then you can um, like, you could trade it with somebody else's island and via like the Game Boy Advance link cable. A lot of you probably don't know what that is. Like if you never had a Game Boy Advance, it was how we traded Pokemon. It was with a link cable. It wasn't, you know, the infrared, you know, transmitting it. Um, it was an actual cable. Um, yeah, it was, it was a cool game. Uh, I have, I definitely have a lot of memories of it and it was just, <laughs> it was amazing. Um, I highly recommend that you look it up a little bit, listen to the music. I liked listening to the music. I still like it, as I said. And, um, and sometimes like I don't have a Nintendo system, like the NES, I don't have the actual NES. So like when I want to play those old Nintendo games, as I mentioned, I just plug that game in and I go into my house and play the games. Like they had punch out and they had soccer, tennis, Wario woods, pinball. Like they had everything that you could, as I said, you could think of. And it was they, like, they didn't have to do that. 
there was no right for them to they, there was no people begging them to add those games they did it because they wanted to and i definitely understand the critical acclaim of the game and they went above and beyond um like even ign gave the game an outstanding like 9.1 rating um and like that holds to this day um yeah so it it deserves all of its accolades um and like because this was coming out alongside like like at the time of metroid prime and i think even wind waker was coming up or was out as well so it was it's a testament to the quality and just the feel of the game that it did so well like it ultimately lost game of the year on gamecube to metroid prime but it was the runner-up um so i mean let like that let that stand for itself um yeah so look it up listen to the music um and yeah and so in closing like i my official rating of the game for me would have to be a 9.5 like not a 10 because as i said there were some times when i I did get a little bored um like fishing for hours it was cool but also sometimes you just didn't get that good of fish and so you're just there for hours for no reason and then yeah but uh, otherwise i give it a 9 out of 9.5 um both the quality like the music is phenomenal the gameplay is amazing um the characters are kind of silly um but so i i like them um and the capabilities and everything that you can the versatility of what you can do uh really boosts my score up and it, it's not just like sims like it's life simulation just like sims is but it's just it's different sims is just kind of wonky and kind of more of an adult game but like this game is definitely more um just a childlike vibe um it's definitely rated e for everyone and like you can play it as a kid you can play as an adult and i'm gonna be playing this game until like the very end like 2099 i'm gonna be playing it until it goes down um so yeah um, but in closing, I just want to let you guys know that like all of the places that this podcast is available, I mean, it's, it's available most on most platforms. Um, it's on Castbox, uh, Amazon music, Spotify, uh, Pandora, Podbean. I consider switching over to that to do recording, but it, it's not as much, uh, freedom for recording. Um, it's on Anchor, obviously, Google Podcasts, Apple, iHeartRadio, Stitcher. Um, and it's also on iTunes. Uh, no, not, not iTunes. Uh, it's on TuneIn. Um, but yeah, it is on Apple Music. So yeah, you can listen to this wherever you want. Um, and go ahead and shoot me your suggestions for games to talk about. I, I love talking about video games and like the impact it has on you know not just myself but other people and 
like I, I enjoy talking about the psychological aspect of video games. So yeah, go ahead and shoot me your suggestions. Uh, you can go to the site and you can leave messages. Um, I'll go ahead and put my email on there um, so you can send it my way. And I will, the question I had on the last episode got removed for some reason on Spotify. So I'm going to go ahead and try and add that back to this episode so that you can, if you don't want to go to the site, you can just add your suggestions there. Um, yeah, loving doing this. Give me your suggestions for talking about games and I will, I will look into it. I will study the game out and go over it. I love doing that. All right. I will talk to you guys next week. Hope you all have a good week and peace.